For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the Melchizedek Priesthood. This is part 10 of the series. So, the northern kingdom now is unfaithful. The southern kingdom is unfaithful. What about the Levites? Well, we're told about the Levites in Malachi in chapter 2. And so we will look at the scriptures there where it says regarding the Levitical priests. Malachi in chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 9. And now, you priests, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, if you will not lay it to heart, and to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feasts, and one shall take you away with it, and you will know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the Torah at his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But you are departed out of the way. You have caused many to stumble at the Torah. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore have I also made you contemptible and base before all the people, according as you have not kept my ways, but you have been partial in the Torah. So we can see here that the Levites failed in their tasks and duties as well. So the northern kingdom failed, the southern kingdom failed, and the Levites failed as well. And so who's going to redeem this unfaithful people, this unfaithful nation? Well, it's going to be heaven's Melchizedek priest. It's going to be Yeshua the Messiah. And he's going to be a faithful Melchizedek priest unto his father, faithful to his people, and he's going to be faithful 
people and not only giving the Torah, but teaching the Torah and showing how the Torah is to be followed. And he's going to be willing to lay down his life to serve others, to redeem the family and to bring restoration and reconciliation to the family on behalf of the will of his father. So in following the Torah, Yeshua, the Messiah, is going to be faithful to the Torah commandments as found in Exodus chapter 13, verse 13, as it is written, In all the firstborn of man among your children shall you redeem. Numbers chapter 18, verse 15, it is written, Everything that opens the matrix in all flesh which they bring under the Lord, whether it be of men or beasts, shall be thine. Nevertheless, the firstborn of man shall you surely redeem. Next, we're going to look at Yeshua's parable of the prodigal son and see what he's teaching in this parable. He starts out in Luke chapter 15, verse 11. He said, a certain man had two sons. Now, the two sons are going to be Ephraim and Judah. We can see Judah as Israel is a son in Exodus chapter 4, verse 22. And you shall say unto Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. We can see that Ephraim is a son of the God of Israel. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 20, it is written, is Ephraim my dear son. We see that Joseph or Ephraim is given the birthright blessing. First Chronicles chapter 5, verse 2, but Judah prevailed above his brethren and of him came the chief ruler, but the birthright was Joseph's. We're going to see in Yeshua's parable that of the two sons, that the younger son is going to demand his inheritance. Luke chapter 15, verse 12. And the younger of them, so of the two sons, Judah and Joseph or Ephraim, which is older? The older is Judah. Judah was born before Joseph. So the younger of them, that's Ephraim or Joseph, said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Why? Because Ephraim or Joseph was given the firstborn or the double portion. He was to be given the inheritance from his father. So here we see that the firstborn son is asking to have his inheritance and he divided unto them his living. But we see that the firstborn son in receiving the inheritance from his father, he's unfaithful as a steward in it. And he then spends it frivolously and he also commits sexual sin. He commits harlotry. Luke chapter 15 verse 13 it is written, and not many days after the younger son as Ephraim or Joseph gathered all together and took his journey or took his inheritance into a far country which means he departed from the house and there wasted his substance with riotous living which is a reference to harlotry, whoredom and worshipping other gods, idolatry. Now in the book of Hosea we see that there's a marriage between Hosea and Gomer and their marriage and the children that are born to them that's specified in Hosea 1 is going to be a prophecy of the judgment of the northern kingdom. Hosea chapter 1 verses 2 and 3. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. The Lord said to Hosea, go take unto you a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms for the land has committed great whoredom departing from the Lord. So he went 
and he took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, which conceived and bare him a son. So the name of the first child that's mentioned that's born in this marriage in Hosea chapter 1 verse 4 is Jezreel. And Jezreel in Hebrew means God will sow or God will scatter because from the unfaithfulness of the northern kingdom, they're going to be judged or they're going to be scattered or exiled into the nations of the world. The name of the second child in Hosea chapter 1 verse 6 is Lo Ruhamah. Lo Ruhamah means no mercy. So we're going to see from the third child that the judgment is going to be cut off from the covenant. And the third child in Hosea chapter 1 verse 9 is Lo Ami. Lo Ami means not my people. Now in Jeremiah in chapter 3 in verse 8 we see that the northern kingdom because of their unfaithfulness that they're going to be given a bill of divorce by the God of Israel. As it says, And I saw where for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I put her away and gave her a bill of divorce. Now, that verse also says that Judah went and played the harlot as well. So both northern kingdom and southern kingdom was unfaithful. The northern kingdom was given a bill of divorce because they were unfaithful in being a firstborn nation. The southern kingdom, Judah, was unfaithful as well. They went after other gods. They played the harlot. They were an unfaithful kingship nation. In addition to going after other gods and committing whoredom against the God of Israel and against his Torah, when the religious leaders of the kingship nation had an opportunity to receive Yeshua as the Messiah when he went on trial before the religious leaders of the house of Judah, the kingship nation, they rejected him from being their Messiah of kingship nation and they were unfaithful as well. So even though the southern kingdom, the house of Judah, that they were unfaithful because of the God of Israel's promise that he made to King David that he allowed and he permitted the southern kingdom to not be cut off from the covenant. And this is prophesied in 1 Kings and chapter 11, where it says in verse 26 that Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, he was an Ephraimite, and he was made ruler over the house of Joseph, 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 28. And then we're told how the united 12 tribes under David and Solomon, that they were going to be split in the northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And the prophet Ahijah caught the new garment that was with him and run it in 12 pieces and said to Jeroboam, take 10 pieces for this is the Lord God of Israel. I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and I will give 10 tribes to you. But he will have one tribe for my servant David's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel because that they have forsaken me and worshiped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, Hamash, the god of the Moabites, and Milcom, the god of the children of Ammon. And they've not walked in my ways to do that which was right my eyes and to keep the statutes and my judgments as did David his father. Howbeit I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him prince all the days of his life for David my servant's sake, whom I chose because he kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hands and I will give it unto you even ten tribes. And unto his son will I give one tribe that David my servant may have a light always before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen to put my name there. 
And so here we see regarding the northern kingdom and the prophecy and judgment regarding them that because of their unfaithfulness to be a firstborn nation that in departing from the Torah and bringing in mixed worship of the God of Israel, they were going to be scattered in the nations, Israel, and they're going to be cut off from the covenant. And from being cut off, that cutting off, the God of Israel is not going to show them mercy. And by being cut off, they're not going to be his people. But the God of Israel desires repentance, restoration, and reconciliation. And so that's why that even though this judgment is given of no mercy and not my people, there's a prophecy of restoration, reconciliation, and forgiveness of sin is being offered in Hosea chapter 1 verse 10. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it will come to pass in the place what was said of them, you are not my people. And where is it said you are not my people? Right here here in the prophesied judgment of the northern kingdom when they were given the judgment of lo ami, not my people. It will be said you are the sons of the living God. And so that refers to restoration. Now a son of the living God is one that believes that Yeshua is the Messiah. John chapter 1 verse 12. As many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. So this is a prophecy that after being shown no mercy and not being called his people that the God of Israel is going to extend mercy through the redemptive work of the Messiah, the faithful Melchizedek priest of the Heavenly Father and of the kingdom of the God of Israel. He's going to perform the work of redemption and he's going to lay down his life. He's going to faithfully execute and perform the duties and the responsibilities of the Melchizedek priesthood being heaven's Melchizedek priest. And he's going to be faithful in the office of king, priest, and firstborn and he's going to lay down his life to bring about that redemption for the family and also redemption for the world. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. The firstborn must be redeemed if he is unfaithful. Ephraim, the ten tribes of the northern kingdom, is the firstborn of the God of Israel, and through Jeroboam and succeeding kings, they were a firstborn nation. But because because they wouldn't go to Jerusalem, because they had a substitute place of worship, because they had a substitute priesthood instead of the Levites, because they celebrated the festivals at an alternative time from what is commanded in the Torah, they became a unfaithful son. They became a prodigal son who departed from the Torah or departed from the Father's house or the Father's commandments or the Father's ways. And because of this unfaithfulness, Ephraim was given a judgment to be cut off from the covenant. But Ephraim is prophesied to be redeemed and become a son of the living God through the redemptive work of the Messiah. So now, given that the northern kingdom has been cut off from the covenant, who is going to redeem the kingdom of God's firstborn in the earth? No one is Torah eligible to do that in the earth. And so the only way that the firstborn of the kingdom of God on the earth can be redeemed is heaven's firstborn. Heaven's faithful Melchizedek priest has to be sent to the earth. That's Yeshua the Messiah. He has authority to come to the earth because Yeshua is the one that created the heavens and the earth. It's his domain that he is a steward of on behalf 
behalf of his heavenly father. So now heavenly father is going to send earth's creator and earth's steward of the kingdom of God to the earth to redeem the unfaithful servants of the God of Israel who were living in the earth. So Yeshua, when he comes to the earth, his ministry is going to be centered in the place where the northern kingdom, because of their unfaithfulness, was originally taken captive into the nations from. And the northern kingdom was originally taken into captivity from the Galilee area. And they were taken into captivity into three stages. And the first taking is specified for us in 2 Kings chapter 15, verse 29, as it is written, in the days of Pekah, king of Israel, came Tiglot Pileser, king of Assyria, and he took, and it names various places, and among them the Galilee, which is the land of the tribe of Naphtali, and he carried them captive to Assyria. Then Isaiah chapter 9 and verses 1 and 2 prophesies of the next stage of captivity by the Assyrians, stating that in the second stage, it's going to be worse than the initial stage. The prophecy is as follows. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. Referring back to 2 Kings chapter 15, verse 29. But afterward, he did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the nations, that the people that walked in darkness, that would be the northern kingdom, and they walked in darkness because they departed from the Torah, because we're told in Proverbs, in chapter 6, in verse 3, that the commandment is a lamp and the Torah is light. So if the teaching or the instruction, that is the Torah, of the God of Israel's kingdom is a light to the people that live in his kingdom, when they depart from that Torah, they're going to walk in darkness. So the people that walked in darkness, and specifically this is a prophecy about the northern kingdom, they've seen a great light. And that great light is the Messiah. Because Yeshua said in John in chapter 8 and verse 12, then spake Yeshua unto them saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So the prophecy is that those that walk in darkness have seen a great light, the Messiah, and they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death. That's because the enemies came into the land and took them into captivity. Upon them has light shined, which is the Messiah and uh, the good news that the Messiah brings. It is written in the Sanchino Zohar to Exodus section 2, page 220a, that the Messiah will appear in the Galilee. Said Rabbi Simeon, on the soil of Galilee, as it is there that the Messiah is destined to reveal himself. For that is the portion of Joseph, and it was the first part of the Holy Land to be destroyed, or that which the northern kingdom was taken into captivity. And it was there that the exile of Israel and their dispersion among the nations began, as the scripture says in Amos chapter 6, verse 6, that they are not grieved for the hurt of Joseph. This is the meaning of why Yeshua's ministry was centered in the Galilee. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12. Now, when Yeshua had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, that it might 
might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, so now this is going to quote Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee, the Gentiles, the people, that is the ten tribes that sat in darkness, that is, they departed from the Torah, through the first king, Jeroboam, and then the succeeding kings, that they see a great light, that's the Messiah, and to them that sat in the region in shadow of death, that is the place where their enemies, that is, the Assyrians came and took them into captivity, light is sprung up, and that is the redemption and the forgiveness of sins that the Messiah offers. And so now, at the end of John, in chapter 9, verses 39 and 40, the Pharisees are going to ask Yeshua whether they are blind. And Yeshua said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? John chapter 10 is Yeshua's answer to the Pharisees' question of him whether they were spiritually blind. And so Yeshua is going to explain to the Pharisees, who are of the house of Judah, who are Jews, that one element and aspect of his ministry at his first coming, where he's going to die and lay down his life, is he's going to do so to redeem the northern kingdom, the firstborn, and to be faithful to the Torah commandment to redeem the firstborn. Yeshua explains to them, John chapter 10, verse 16, other sheep I have. When Yeshua is saying these words, he has not yet died on the tree. So Yeshua is claiming that he has two sheepfolds, and he says he has another sheepfold that's not this fold. So he's calling the Pharisees, and these Pharisees of the house of Judah, who are Jews, they do not believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, yet Yeshua is saying that they are a part of his sheepfold in addition to having another sheepfold. So how is it possible that before Yeshua dies on the tree, that he can make the claim or the statement that he has two sheepfolds? The only way that this is possible is if Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, because when he gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, he entered into covenant with the people who was there. And we're told in Exodus chapter 19, verse 3, that who was at Mount Sinai is the house of Jacob. And then later in the history of the house of Jacob, after David and Solomon, they were split in the northern kingdom and southern kingdom. The northern kingdom is one sheepfold. The southern kingdom is one sheepfold. The northern kingdom is one nation and the southern kingdom is another kingdom or another nation. So now Yeshua is explaining to the Pharisees of the southern kingdom that them, the other sheepfold, the northern kingdom, I must bring because the Torah requires that you redeem the firstborn. The firstborn has departed from the Torah. Then Yeshua prophesies that they will hear my voice because it says in Hosea in chapter 1 and verse 10, the people who are not a people are going to become sons of the living God. Now, in order to become a son of the living God, they're going to receive the Messiah. John chapter 1 and verse 12. So Yeshua is prophesying or explaining to the Pharisees that the northern kingdom, the firstborn nation who departed from the Torah and the ways of the kingdom of the God of Israel, that they will hear my voice and eventually there will be one fold and one shepherd, that the two sheepfolds are going to unite and they're going to be one and they're going to have one sheepfold over them. And Yeshua explained to the Pharisees in John chapter 10, verse 11 and verse 14, that he is the good shepherd. So Yeshua is explaining to them that he is the Messiah, he is that good shepherd. 
Well, that's going to conclude part 10 of the series on the subject, the Melchizedek Priesthood. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.